hello there! This is Poldark Fancast, a podcast created by fans where we discuss everything Poldark Saga. We are your hosts. I'm Michelle, I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses, and I tweet at Musings. And my name is Rita, I live in England, I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. This is the final podcast in our series, so you know you get the drill by now. <laughs> We're discussing the PBS airing of Season 5 for a full and detailed recap and analysis of Episodes 7 and 8. Then we suggest you go back and listen to Episode 68 called Yes Ross, You Are an Idiot and <laughs> Episode 69 drama (laughs) in this week's podcast we'll be instead focusing on what you didn't see the american airing of the season is significantly shorter than its uk counterpart in most part to make room for the lengthy sponsored by adverts before and after each episode this in turn means that quite a significant chunk of screen time is lost and we're here to tell you what you're missing and to discuss how that might affect the storylines. Okay, so let's begin with episode 7. Michelle, what did they miss? Okay. So, with episode 7, um, Rita, you'll be happy to hear this. Um, there was a bunch of little flashback dreamy sequences Um of you know ross which is supposed to remind us about all the double crossing that he experienced and you know mercer being the one that hit upside the head and you know that kind of thing so so yeah so they they cut the unconscious flashback even though we've just seen the previous leon poldock so we really didn't need it <laughs> exactly um but uh anyhow so they cut that which you know Fine, that's a really great idea, uh, good choice for editing. Um, next up, they cut the scene where Caroline confronts Dwight after he's offered Kitty a place to stay with them, only to be interrupted by Demelza, uh, who is arriving to fill them in on the Ross situation. So um, uh, we are seeing more of the whittling away of the Caroline uh, character in this story. They can't really get rid of Dwight too much because Dwight is the one that is try- who is attempting to talk sense into Ross the Idiot trademark. <laughs> um, so they wind up cutting chunks from Caroline's uh, dialogue, and you'll see that coming up uh, in just a, a few minutes. They cut the first part of Ross's explorations of his whereabouts in the mine, which, again, good edit to make because we all know he's down in the mine. Yeah, we know, boo. (laughs) Yeah, it's like we don't necessarily need to see all of the meanderings that he does down there. You know, but, you know, we get the point that he figures out that there's something amiss happening down there. They cut Caroline and Horace's little chat about... Dr. Ennis's new mission to London with Kitty, you know, where she says she's a hard woman who refuses to be a jealous woman. It's, I adore that because, you know, she's having this little conversation with Horace and Horace is agreeing with her with little, you know, that kind of thing. They cut that, but then they show her in the carriage with Horace and Dwight who's sitting next to her kind of like why are you here (laughs) um exactly you know and then kitty with ross on the other side so anyhow so you you get the idea caroline is going with them blah 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 they cut some of cecily's pacing around her room waiting to hear from jeffrey charles um which again good cut more flashbacks backs of uh, Ned and his inspiring speeches. Oh. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that, you know, Ross is like having to remember that, you know, this is the reason why he's doing this and blah, blah, blah. Hi, show. So We've did... just sat through like six weeks of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, so um, there is the scene where uh, Morwenna and Drake announce the that they're expecting and that scene finishes with, you know, Demelza, you know, saying, let's raise a, a glass for a toast. Um, you know, it's it's a sweet scene. I wish they kept it in. Was it necessary 
to move the plot forward? No. So, you know, I understand, you know, why they did it. It's just, it, it, it there's a theme coming up. Um, but, uh, but more on that later. A lot of uh, some of the soaring scenery shots and a lot of the B, B film of, you know, lovely little vignettes of crashing waves and you know crashing waves and that kind of thing so you know they did make some cuts with that the scene where george arrives home uh to trend with and the nurse comes out with uh, ursula who is now uh able to uh stand and walk and um you know george you know reaches down and picks her up you know how is my little she bear you know and, and, and yeah it's really sweet and it shows just how different the relationship um is uh that george has with his kids um uh you know valentine is left to kind of make his own way into the uh the the estate and uh meanwhile george is you know all cuddly up with his baby daughter which is sad. I'm glad he's at least having some kind of fatherly moment. Um, it's it's really kind of the first one that we've seen since his um, um, descent into insanity. So um, anyhow, uh, so yeah, so that's gone. Uh, the scene of Sam, <clears throat> of course, um, while he's um, on the lookout uh, for you know they're they're doing the plot where they're trying to get um jeffrey charles and cecily out of the country and so you know ross has everybody scattered to the winds you know looking for you know people that might be lurking around and you know that type of thing well sam is on the lookout in the long field and um tess comes upon him and you know is is asking you know being kind of flirty and you know doing all that kind of thing um she learns that they're keeping an eye out for people who are looking or who are lurking and um i think that you know that is giving her a clue that you know their little antics with uh the dealing from the mine uh may be uh discovered so i think that kind of just gives her a little heads up but they cut that scene out and then finally, the scene where Demelza is saying goodbye to the lovebirds in Namtara. Oh, God. Wow, um, is Demelza allowed yeah. to do anything? Uh, no. Uh, so, yeah, that's what they cut from episode seven. Uh, the theme seems to be that if you're a woman, God knows uh, you aren't allowed to do anything. <laughs> Did the cuts affect the episode for you, though? Oh, one, one other thing that um, uh, they cut, because remember... Um, Caroline and Dwight have a bit of a tiff about, uh, Kitty while they're in London. And Dwight says, you know, the, the wife of a friend. And then Caroline says, um, who is now the widow of a friend. And Kitty, of course, walks into the room and, and hears that and is now aware that there is, tension developing between caroline and dwight and um it is because of uh her presence and so um anyhow there is a scene where caroline dwight and kitty return to um oh dear lord the name of that the the name of their house just flew out of my head Oh my god. Uh so anyhow, so they they get back to Cornwall and they go into the house and you know, there's a scene where the three of them are kind of in uh three different places in the same room and it and it uh just shows uh the awkwardness that has now entered the room uh with them, you know, that there's now this tension that once was not there. Um and you know, Kitty doesn't understand why it is. Um, she just wants to get out of Dodge. And, she's like, I ain't sticking around for this. <laughs> yeah, she's just, yeah, she's just kind of like, um, don't, I'm not getting what's going on here. Um, and of course, we wind up um, later, you know, with the the lovebirds uh, little uh, plot plan to leave failing so miserably. Um with uh cecily being ordered to 
to leave, you know, leave, or not to leave, but being stay ordered away to from him um, forever. Uh, not stay away from Jeffrey Charles. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, um, he would be killed. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So the plan now is that she will join Kitty um, with Kitty's return to Jamaica. So the setup for um, that is completely anyhow, sort of eroded. Like she, she just well, yeah, she would I mean, have gone you, to Jamaica you are, you learned, anyway because that's her homeland. Yeah, uh, you know, and you learned, you know, she, you know, Kitty, you know, during the show, you know, says, you know, I've made a decision. You know, I think it's time for me to to go, and you know, blah blah blah. Anyway, we miss the the whole the whole awkwardness thing. So that was one of the other things that, that was missing. And I, I skipped over that as I was going through my um, notes. Anyhow, how did the cuts affect me? And do not go to sleep computer. Um, <laughs> um, I think that, you know, it, uh, it's an episode that dang it, didn't need to be shortened because we're getting this, you know, huge mouthful of plot um, that we're supposed to kick back and enjoy um, for the next two episodes. And, you know, cutting all of these little things that are building on some of the decisions that are made that we do wind up seeing, um, it, it just makes it that less palatable. And it was already quite hard to digest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that that's, that's uh, <clears throat> how the scenes that were cut really kind of impacted me. I was really pissed off about their cutting Caroline oh, and yeah. Horace's little chat um, because, Who cuts damn it, Horace. I mean, Horace is the star of this entire saga. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, they did at least show, they did at least show uh, that, you know, they were trying to get to Caroline by um, harming uh, <laughs> poor little Horace. I uh, oh, mean, that's still a traumatic moment for me when I recall it. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Let's move on. Episode yeah. 8, what did they cut? Yeah. Episode 8, here we go. The final episode. And, of course... PBS used that episode as one of their fundraising opportunities. So we had the the not only the live or the the commercials at the beginning, we had uh, additional live stuff <laughs> that they were doing to kind of pimp the the discs and seems you know, unnecessary. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, fortunately, it did not cut into the episode. Uh, but it just made the uh, viewing for me a little longer because it was now an hour and a half long. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but they still managed to cut stuff, so that's insane. Oh, of course, of course, of course. So um, anyway, the the scene where uh, Jeffrey Charles is feeling, uh, you know, sorry and depressed about you know what has happened. Uh, Ross says, you know, he, you still have a purpose, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, trying to kind of buck him up. Hey, maybe one day he'll meet someone else and get married and it will be in the books. Maybe. <laughs> it could be. Maybe. Um, uh, the scene where Ross and Demelza um, run into Tess, uh, who makes googly eyes at Ross. And Demelza takes note of what Seems happened. Seems kind of important, um, but I can't. So that scene, so the, the scene where Tess is making googly eyes at Ross is still there. But they cut the scene immediately after that that shows Demelza noticing. Oh, we can't have Demelza being smart. Yeah, you know. And it's one of those things where it's like, wow, that was what, five seconds long? Yeah, but they never miss an opportunity um, to cut Demelza doing anything. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where Valentine asks his father to give him a, mo- a mine. Oh my god, that was one of my favorite moments. And the discussion that takes place after that, where George and Carrie are discussing, you know, this this whole... Carrie's like, well, are you, I'd hit him. Yeah. And, <laughs> the impudent George... brat. <laughs> exactly. And George is just kind of chuckling about how 
giving um, Wheel uh, leisure to Valentine as a plaything um, would just piss off Ross even more. So they cut that continued discussion after the idea is planted where Valentine asks his father to give him a mine. So <clears throat> so we, we, we don't get that. Anyway, uh, there's a scene where Sam encounters Tess and mentions that it's been a while since they have studied. And she says she has bigger, basically she has bigger fish to fry. Um, <laughs> I like actually quite liked that scene. <laughs> I did too. You know, it's like she's saying, you know, yo, dude, <laughs> later days, I'm, I'm working on something, something bigger. So just go away. Something that is going to make Demelza even more pissed <laughs> off. Um, speaking of Demelza, um, you know, she winds up going down uh, the mine to, you know, kind of try and see what's going on. And she witnesses uh, Ross and Tess together. We get that. But uh, Ross doesn't know that she that. knows that he, wait, no. Exactly. Not yeah, Not quite yet. What we do wind up uh, seeing cut from the the confrontation scene between uh, Demelza and Ross um, later at home in Napara is that scene opens with a fabulous shot of a hurt, simmering Demelza as Ross comes into the room and, you know, is taking off his coat um, and sits down to eat. Um, so we miss that wonderful shot of her, you know, just sitting there, you know, looking at this husband who once again has um, decided to break his marriage vows, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we do get the conversation between the two of them, the the, the veiled conversation where they're talking about, you know, complete honesty blah blah um, blah season three just from yeah, just rewatch you know, one of those scenes yeah basically yeah and um you know and and as i recall that was actually i i think that was probably one of my favorite scenes from um that episode and and quite frankly the series uh that that um encounter that discussion between the two of them because it's about as close as um you know they will ever get to being completely honest about all the things that happened between them um and ross you know basically says you know once once the question is asked and answered it can never be unheard um and it harkens back to um you know, everything Ross basically asking, you know, Demelza, you know, you know, can you tell me about it? And she says, ask me nothing. And, um, you know, so anyway, and I know that there were a lot of people that were pissed off that Ross would would do that to her. Um, yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, there's the little part of me that was like, well, you know, I think like I remember like just being annoyed that it didn't really make sense for him to have that reaction in that moment like generally i would say mm -hmm. that it makes that's a very rough response but in that moment it was like w wait what are you being iffy about <laughs> you don't know that she knows <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> you just think she's this is just a you're just coming home one day and she's asking you these kinds of questions you should twig that something is up my friend <laughs> <laughs> i know right <laughs> yeah. um so anyway so um Anyway, that was a lot to say that the shot of Demelza uh, prior to their conversation is cut. Um, there are then some, uh, you know, the next few scenes following that uh, conversation is, you know, Demelza's basically made the decision to leave. Um, and so there are some initial scenes of the packing of things that are cut. Um, but we still have enough in there to let us know that she's gone you know, she's like she's like all right i'm done so she's she's you know but we just miss a few little bits of that um and it's mainly i think it's it's um uh jeremy um 
you know, asking his mother about something to, to pack or something like that. So so that was one of the things. Poor that little Jeremy. Um, I hope he's not traumatized by this event. It's like, remember that time my mother left my dad? I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, let's see. There was a letter arriving to Dwight after Ross has had his first meeting with yep, the general. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, followed by um, Dwight asking Caroline to keep everything he tells her from Demelza who is sitting um, and staring kind of unseeingly into the fire as her children sit next to her. Um, because, you know, she's, she's Killer Warren. Killer Warren. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. Thank you. Thank you, it's brain. Um, to me now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, so. Wait, so we... that's gone. So there's. No, 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 oh, wait, no, 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 no the letter arriving to Dwight. So do we still see Dwight make like writing his own letter? Yeah, that scene is missing. That scene is missing, but then we do see the scene where Dwight says, you know, Caroline, oh, keep good. everything I'm about to tell you a secret, blah, blah, blah. So we do get that. But, you know, the, the letter arriving to we Dwight. We must you make know. it absolutely clear that Caroline is very bad at keeping her promises to her husband. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, anyhow... <clears throat> you know, so we see Dwight do that, and then he is all of a sudden writing to Nampara. So we don't know why he's writing well, to Nampara. This whole plot doesn't because make Because we sense. don't get the letter. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, anyhow, he winds up going in Nampara, blah, blah, blah. Um, the scene where uh, the general is talking about his expertise as a swordsman um literally and figuratively you know he's talking about you know ask the ladies in paris blah 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 anyway oh yeah because he's he's french yes yes um, i like that scene yeah i did too i did too i always like the the bit where in james bond where the villain has that monologue about like why he's doing the stupid thing he's about to do exactly exactly um and then um towards the end it's one of the last scenes that we see um they the scene where George goes back to Nampara to tell Ross that he is closing up Trenwith and um you know basically tells Ross that you know he is not to encourage Valentine to come visit him, you know, blah 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 blah. You know, because, you know, he basically is George's son, you know, and George is basically saying this is the way it's going to be, bitch. <laughs> and Ross, um, you know, nods and agrees. Well, they cut off some of the little glances between Demelza and Ross um, after Ross agrees to George's turn. Oh, okay. So there's still that bit where he sort of looks over at Demelza and goes, what should I do? Yeah, that scene where he looks over and says, what should I do? You know, kind of that, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, not there. Uh, and that's it. That's it. And honestly, I'm I am still baffled by how they're able to cut the show as much as they do in order to make it fit with the timing. There must be a lot of shots of cliffs. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean there there were a lot of uh, the B roll scenery uh, footage that wound up getting caught, uh, cut in this one. Um, I have to say that the um, the time, you know, how we always talk about Poldark time, um, it seemed to make a little bit more sense this time around. It didn't feel like, you know, everything was happening, you know, one one thing after another. There did seem I mean, there to are be a, couple abrupt a sense cuts of flow. Where he just goes from cornwall to london there there's still there seemed to be a uh beat a measure of time passing that i picked up on um this time around that um you know was okay but like not to, not to become too hashtag um poldark time on you but there is the fact that it's somebody does mention that it's been five months and Ross still has that cut yeah. on his chin. <laughs> and actually, um, I watched that. I watched that a little more closely, 
um, the scene in um, episode seven where he's being encountered by the hot French dude and the guy puts the knife to his neck. I noticed that when he pulled the knife away, uh, there was no cut. Oh, there wasn't. There was. Oh no my cut. god, Bodo! And <laughs> I know, I know, there was no cut. And I noticed that um, in the scene where, in one of the first scenes where Ross is uh, kind of messing around with Tess, you know, and he's telling her, you know, you know, wait, you know, let's. You know, we need to find a better place, blah, blah, blah. Well, she then scratches him um, on his neck. And that's where that came from. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, but, it, though? Like, the yeah. first time yeah. you watch it, you really don't... Like, nobody has written into us in months explaining that. So how does... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that's that's how that happened. Wow, you just unraveled a whole mystery there. <laughs> wow, but that just tells you how little they, man- they they just threw so much at us that we didn't even pick yeah. up on very basic plot points like he got the scratch from yep. Tess. Also, what yeah. the fuck, yeah. Tess? You haven't exactly. even kissed this man and you're scratching his neck? <laughs> well, if I had to guess, he's probably kissed her a couple I of times. I don't like to think just of to, it. Just to keep up the... Yeah, just to keep up the appearances, but uh, yeah. I think, you know, by the way, if he did kiss her, that's still cheating. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. You're kind of a dick, Ross. <laughs> I think that should be the name of the, ti- the title. The name of the title. The title of the episode this week. <laughs> oh, no. You're kind of a dick, Ross. <laughs> You're kind of a dick, Ross. Um, so anyway, that was it for the cuts on episode eight. That's the final time we'll talk about season five. Ashes to ashes, etc., etc. Yeah, one thing I can say is um, the scene where um, Sam and oh god, no, no, Rosina, not not Tess. Thank you, because uh, Rosina's name just flew out of my head. Um, you know, cut me some slack, people. It's like six in the morning here. Um, <laughs> um, anyhow, the scene where. Basically, Rosina says, you know, so, are we going to do this thing? <laughs> they did keep that. I love that scene. Um, and, because I, I loved how kind of relieved Sam He's just is. like, finally, like, somebody wants to marry me. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so, you know, we did still have that scene, which, you know, I really enjoyed. It felt like, because there's some time that passes between that and when we get to um the the end and so that felt a little more natural uh to me this time around so it felt like there more time had elapsed between uh that scene and when they get married so i mean you're just assuming there who knows what's happening yeah it could be the next day but it, it made me think that okay well now they have a little bit more time to court I mean, they have already courted. It's just been entirely cut out of PBS, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Awesome. That's it. Let's get into Inbox. We have a few to get through this week. Um, Thank you, everyone who got in contact. Our first one is from Anonymous. They said, I didn't know Poldark before being conned by the amazing season one. Since hashtag the book is always better, I decided to finish the show, then read the books. Kind of a delayed gratification. And boy, those books were gasoline into the hate for St. Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) But then I was glad they cut the Ross and Caroline, quote, yeah, it could do you, end quote scene. I don't think (laughs) this show could do it with the same finesse. It would be more odd. Dumb Ross and as little Caroline and Dwight, it would be a disservice to the couple's storyline. So I wonder, aside from the last freestyle season that, aside from the kids and Demelzer, I won't claim, lol, uh, do you girls think there was something that was changed from the books, but it was a good one, and why?
I, I got, no, I got nothing. I got nothing. Maybe fleshing out Francis a bit more than was in the novels and Dwight. Yeah. I think yeah. just in general, like, yeah. because uh, the books are written from uh, one perspective, like a chapter will be from like Elizabeth's perspective, and then the next chapter will be from like Demelza's perspective. You never really get mm-hmm. to see events um, from a different person's point of view. Um, so, like, just being able to have um, an event and see multiple sides of it is a benefit from the mm-hmm. the books, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Now that you've called that out, Rita, I agree with you. Um, the I love the fact that um, they gave Ross and Dwight a relationship prior to Dwight's arrival uh, in Cornwall. Because if I recall in the books, Ross meets Dwight at um, Francis and Elizabeth's wedding. I think Dwight had been a guest at the wedding. And they kind of develop a friendship, um, you know, as the years go by uh, following that. And I really think that the way that they have uh, created the backstory with Dwight um, and Ross helped to helped to give you know the the reason why he cares so much about his friend Dwight uh, it, it gave it it uh, more substance you know because you know Ross risks his life to go over and try and find yeah. Dwight you know, did they really build that that deep of a friendship <laughs> based on, you know, meeting one another at, you know, the, the wedding of Ross's cousin to the, the girl of his dreams? Not really. You know? I suppose um, you could I don't, say I don't that, so. like, um, the death of Julia might have brought them together. That was a really freaking traumatic event. That Because Demelza yeah, was zonked out true. for that. He basically only had Dwight. Very true. Very true. But you know, you you know, you, you like a you good backstory. I mean. um, we all do. Yeah, I do. And you know, <laughs> the fact that they actually had this backstory—that's really like one of the only things they were able to hang the whole Ned Ned thing on. I think it's one of the only things they added as well, isn't it? Because mostly we've just saw the series just subtracting information away from right. these characters. This is one of the only examples of them trying to build a relationship mostly they were just tearing them right, down right, right so so yeah so so that would be it um love the the <laughs> the being conned by the amazing season one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know now you you kind of look back at it and you go god damn it <laughs> that was true yeah you, you sucked me in with that one and uh yeah anyway thanks so much nani that was a great one um anonymous um says redeemed francis heart emoji yes yes same yes because i think we'd hadn't we asked a question you know who would you take um (laughs) you know redeemed francis (laughs) yada 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 yeah um yeah redeemed francis definitely he Uh, redeemed francis with his redeemed francis like extra curly hair it was the dream Oh, his the beautiful yes. bouncy curls. Miss you, miss you. R.I.P. Francis. R.I.P. Francis. Um, let's see. Other Michelle writes in. Hello there. She says, "For me, the best of the new show in descending order was season one, two, four, three, five. The best of the old show was series two and series one. In each case, the series I liked the best." Stayed closest to the book in characterizations and plot. Not sure if true for anyone else. What do you think? How does that order fall for you? Okay, so the 70s version I agree with. Season 2 was a lot better than season 1. For the modern version, I mostly agree. I'd say season 1, season 2. Then season 4, season 5, season Mm. 3. 
Season three is garbage in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say see, season three is probably my least favorite season. Um, you know, just because of the way that they uh, attempted to do far too much in too short a period of time. Um, but yeah, and I also agree about the old show. Series two was much better than series one. But the old show is still freaking awesome. <laughs> Honestly, just like I, I, the one thing you should take away from this podcast is that the old show is probably just as good, if not slightly better. Than yeah, when we watch it. Yeah, it it is that the old the old show is absolutely worth a watch. If if for no other up, if man. for no other reason than. Uh, to giggle over costumes and uh, tiny, Ross's tiny, hats. tiny, tiny hat. Yes. Uh, and Phil Collins. Yes, and Phil Collins. <laughs> yes, Phil Collins. Uh, watch the show. You'll understand. <laughs> yeah. Our next uh, question was from Anonymous. Something was bothering me while watching, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Then it hit me after listening to you two talk on the podcast. The women in the last season all had really bad storylines to the point of me being surprised a female showrunner showrunner did not have the book to blame for the plots that were given to her like previously did that poorly a portrait of females and their lives also this is a show that justified a lot of changes because it's quote for a modern audience and mm. quote it could have done so much better than it did yeah yeah yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, there there may be people who, you know, have listened to the podcast and gone, oh, God, you know, they're just complaining about, you know, the the women, uh, the the women's storylines being hacked apart because, you know, they're angry, they're angry feminist women. And I wouldn't say we're angry, <laughs> but we are feminist. And um, I'm an Aries, so I'm always kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a Taurus. I tend to stay just kind of really like low key boiling. Um, Your anger is under the surface. <laughs> yes, exactly. I just simmer until I explode, um, and then it uh, then shit gets real. Um, but you know, you're absolutely right. Um, I was uh, one of the things that that didn't surprise me was oh god this is really gonna make me sound awful but um the episodes that i did uh like a lot in this most recent series uh were the ones that were directed by a woman um the first two episodes of series five you know we enjoyed them we enjoyed them a lot <laughs> um and go back and listen to them we podcast we were like ah this is awesome this is gonna be fabulous and then you know our hearts were broken but uh, <laughs> yeah um this the last was it the last two episodes were directed by the same person um who had directed the first two and i honest to god i wish that she had had more time. The, the time that was really necessary in order to to really do that storyline justice. Um, you know, quite honestly, they could have cut the whole Ned thing. The whole season could have just been about this. Out? Yeah, <laughs> it really could have been. I mean, for um, fuck's sake, it's a whole invasion from another country. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, wow, we're going to cover that in, like, two episodes. Right? Good luck, kids. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, uh, it's been a failing of this show, you know, forever. That it only has, um, you know, eight episodes, um, or, you know, sometimes nine um, hey, season two had ten, and it I still know. had a rushed ending. So I know it's um, uh, it's not really about the episode a... order. It's just she's not good at endings. Ugh. Oh snap! Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, the the whole ending, the whole ra- wrapping up and tying of of storylines into nice little bows that happened in the last um, you know, like 5-10 minutes of uh, episode 8 just made me want to hurl something at the television because it was kind of like, you know, and then this happens. Yay! And then this happens. Abrupt cut to something else happening. Abrupt cut to something else happening. Oh, now we're in London. Oh, no, we're back in Cornwall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and one of the things that you mentioned, um, you know, the show justifying a lot of the changes because because it was written for the modern audience um, really kind of... I think it discredits the modern audience. It also implies and... that the modern audience is really into looking at people making s- seashell bracelets and staring into the ocean <laughs> longingly. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, there was so much time wasted on that. Who knows? Maybe there is, like, bracelet watches. <laughs> Anyhow. It is what it thanks is. So- <laughs> it is. Thanks, Nani. Uh, another anonymous. Um, I have no idea how these things work, so I don't know what kind of terms one agrees when buying the rights to air a show. Does BBC or Poldark Production know or gives the okay to what parts are cut? Do they have some power to say this can't be cut or PBS has full control to do whatever? If they get crazy and cut all dialogue and leave only Cornwall Cliffs and the adventures of Garrick's and <laughs> Garrick and Horace, can they? This one I know the answer to. I'm very proud of it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Mammoth Screen, uh, the production company that makes the show, was part funded by the BBC and PBS. So they are responsible for creating the final edits for each airing. PBS and the BBC have no creative control uh, for saying what goes into each episode and what gets cut. All PBS can be blamed for in this scenario would be giving them the tiny runtime they're trying to fit into. So, Ah. Mammoth Screen, side-eyeing you a bit right now. Yep. Aiming all the ire at you. (laughs) Um... And, oh my god, The Adventures of Garrick and Horace. I'd watch that. I did a little I would like, too. webisodes of them like running on the Cornish cliffs. I would too. Also, why would they never introduce to each other on the show? Well, they had the, they had the opportunity when um, Demelza leaves Ross and brings everybody with her. She, you know... Brings Garrick. Who's sitting at her feet but Garrick. So we could have had the opportunity to, to see the two of them meet and... Maybe touch noses and... Smell uh, each other's butts, growl, more likely. <laughs> growl a little bit at one another. There's no um, way that but... Horace liked Garrick coming into his home, in his space. Oh, God, no. Are you kidding? God, Heavens no. someone write this fanfic. <laughs> what? The dog owner in me is like, yes, I would read it. What? Anyway, thanks, Rita. And thanks, Nani, for asking that question. That's a great one. Uh, finally... Uh, our final anonymous um, for all the time spent on Valentine I wish he got a specific nod from the books maybe an illusion okay spoilers of his monkey like clowns with Trenwith you know uh, Jeremy should have one too something about machines I don't know all felt, ve- felt very disconnected from the future in the books uh, some more nice nods to the book couldn't hurt that's a, I would have loved to have like Valentine walking around with the stuffed monkey, like little yes! little toy. Yes. Oh my god, that would have been awesome. That would have. You, would, you wouldn't even have to awesome. have said anything or like do a close up. It would just be for those of us who know. Yes, kind of that inside wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kind of like uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. That would have been that would have been great. <sighs> great idea, just Nani. Wishful thinking at this point. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nani. And maybe we could like go go to the BBC and be like, we can do this better. <laughs> Give us the money. <laughs> give us millions and millions and An millions endless and millions time. of do dollars. You, do you want to give us twenty pounds. episodes? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Thanks, Nani. So it, now it's time for Poldark news. Get ready to sing along. Poldark news. Poldark news. 
Okay, so last episode we discussed how much we both love The Crown. This was appropriate because both Poldark and The Crown star our beloved Pip Torrens this time with mm. the old man makeup that was actually quite good. Yes. Um, but in fantastic The Crown-related gossip, apparently Sarah Ferguson of the royal family has told people she mm-hmm. wants our very own Eleanor Tomlinson to play her in the future seasons of the show. I hope somewhere Eleanor's agent Ooh. is phoning up production and pushing for this because I would die. I would die. Oh my, oh my god, that would be so awesome. I also can't get over how much they don't look alike. Sarah Ferguson clearly just went, she's ginger and pretty. Pick her. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that would be totally awesome. Totally, totally awesome. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to watch some more of the uh, more episodes of The Crown today. Oh, um, I, I think I watched episode four. Yeah, the episode where, um, oh, I don't, I don't know if we want, do we want to talk about? This is a vague spoiler. Uh, like, everybody no, else has already seen it. Yeah, I did, you know, yeah. I, I watched episode four, and there are parts of it that take place in Greece, I think. So you know the one I watched. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a I'd, great I'd episode. Like how we're, like, it's a not great episode. It. It's part of bloody history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that and the is way amazing. it ended. Yeah, oh my god, yes. The the way it ended, I cried. I cried. I was like, oh. I think you might end up crying at the end of every episode. So, yeah, oh god, it's such a great show. And every time Pip Torrin shows up, I'm like, Pip! Oh. You have hair! Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Pip. Thank you, Pip. You can be in everything. I love you, Pip. Um, okay, so in very rare Gabriella Wild news, um, your girl got herself a role in the new Wonder Woman 1984 movie Ooh. that's coming out in June. Whoop, whoop. That is so awesome. Um, yeah, unexpected, but incredibly great news. Uh, I saw uh, the bits and pieces of the trailer and I was like, Oh, give me more. Give me more. So, um, I I, I, I can't wait she for She must have filmed that while she was preggers, surely. It must have been. We've got some great uh, female superhero movies coming out next year. Yeah, we've got uh, Black Widow coming out, which... Isn't it nice that somebody of Asian heritage gets a lead role like that? <laughs> I know. So good, so I proud know. for you. <laughs> I know. Wow. Well, and with that, um, that is all from us in this week's podcast. Uh, can you believe it? My goodness. Um, Poldark, done. Um, uh, but we're going to be back with a Christmas special where we drink eggnog and watch The Night Before Christmas featuring our very favorite adulterer, Josh Whitehouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but in until then... Uh, feel free to get in contact with us either by emailing us at poldarkfancast at gmail.com or finding us at social media. We are podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. And please uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcast. That'll really help us get the word out about the podcast. So thank you all so much for listening and supporting uh, the podcast. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.